When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Sport. Time on with Jack Heverin. Uh, Sam Hargraves filling in for Jack Heverin this evening. I can't wait to start taking your calls. one 736 736 Been a big, big day for North Melbourne. Some other major signings as well around the football world. We now know what the Big Bass fixtures, fixtures going to look like. But what do we actually think of it? Dave Warner has spoken about Joe Burns. And an Aussie basketballer inks a massive NBA deal. We'll go through all that and a hell of a lot more. Your calls, one 736 736 and 0433 98 11 16 on the temper text. This is time on. Welcome to Time On on a Monday evening. Jeez, I'm excited for another big week in sport and it's already got off to a cracking start today and I'd love to know your views on it. one 736 736 of course, is the number. What's making news today? And then we'll get into the topic of the day. After 6.30, we're going to be joined by a young man who's touted to be one of the first midfielders picked in the 2020 draft on December 9th. Tanner Bruin will join us, uh, Geelong Falcons product. And I'm always fascinated to know, when it comes to the interviews with the clubs during the combine period, what's the weirdest question they get sent their way? So we'll ask him that and a whole lot more. And if you've got a question you'd like to ask... 0433981116. What's making news today? Well, Ollie Wines has put rumours around his future to bed. He's penned a new four-year contract extension tonight, which ties him to Port Adelaide until the end of 2026. Uh, last year, around this period, we were all just aghast and uh, all aflutter with uh, potential uh, third and fourth parties potentially just sounding out other clubs and uh, a lot of talk during the year about would Ollie Wines look to move again at the end of this season. Well, that uh, speculation can absolutely hold itself off for another four years at least from his end as he gets a a four-year deal. So Port Adelaide fans would be absolutely wrapped with that. Uh, Minor premiers this year, a really exciting few years ahead. You expect for the power if they can go one better and they can build on um, that brilliant year that they've had this year, then uh, I think that's absolutely a place that you'd want to be. So uh, a big piece of their midfield puzzle locks himself in. Uh, so it'll be a happy day 
uh, at Alberton today. Um, Cade Simpson, uh, one of Carlton's favourite sons, is returning to the club. Um, what a career this man had. Um, of course, we've heard all the statistics before, but when you know Cade Simpson, you just know that he's been one of the greatest ever servants to the Carlton Football Club and a wonderful contributor to our game. He'll continue on um, giving his time uh, to those at Princess Park as uh, they announced today that he'll become an assistant coach for the AFLW side and he'll also have a coaching role with the second tier comp. Uh, so he'll be involved with the AFLW and the Magoos in 2021. Uh, the full BBL fixture came out today um, and it's good news for Melbourne cricket fans because 11 days of it will take place at the MCG in Marvel Stadium in a 13-day window throughout January. But it's an interesting decision that they've made. Uh, at the end of last season, a lot of the uh, Big Bash fans were very vocal. They were uh, uh, very clear on what they did and didn't like about the Big Bash and the overriding sense that came through from your calls and your texts, one three hundred seven three six seven three six and zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen was that you thought the season went too long, it needed to be shorter, it needed to contain itself into the school holiday window and, of course, the other major issue that uh, fans... Uh, seem to have with the Big Bash is that we don't get the big-name players throughout the whole season. If we do, it's sparingly. Uh, and we don't get the big international players like the IPL does and uh, maybe like some of the other 2020 competitions around the world. So uh, all those suggestions and thoughts were taken on board. And in the end, we got the three rule changes and we got a two-month schedule. So the, the final will be, I think it's on February the 6th, so a big two months coming up of Big Bash cricket. How does that sit with you as a Big Bash fan? Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Will it hold your interest? Will you see through the journey with your side? One three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Dave Warner spoken today as well. There's a lot being discussed for the makeup of the first Test side. Pakovsky, Burns, Burns, Pakovsky. Do we stick with Joe Burns who? Um, Whilst he didn't set the world on fire during last summer, he didn't really fail in a big way either. I think he averages just under 40 uh, in over the tests that he's played. And he and Dave Warner averaged just over 50 uh, as an opening combination. So do you stick with what you know or do you welcome in a player that we believe is going to be the poster child of cricket for many, many years to come? It's a massive decision on the selectors' minds and it's a it's a huge decision to make in the context of Will Pukowski's career. So do you go now or do you wait? Uh, Dave Burns, uh, sorry, Dave Burns, uh, that would be their name if we combined them. And you could go Joe Warner. It's up to you how you'd want to do that if you were to uh, combine those two individuals. But uh, Dave Warner did speak today in regards to this and uh, this is what he had to say speaking today. For me, to be honest, I've had over a dozen opening partners um, and it's, it's never been quite stable. Um, and I, I think they they gave me the opportunity to ask me, um, you know, who I'd sort of like to, to bat against or who I who I feel comfortable with. And obviously when I was batting with Bucky Rogers, we had a, a great partnership and um, a, a great um, sort of, uh, how do you say it? We bonded really well together out in the middle. And I think something um, with me and Joe, we've done that over the, the past few years. I've known Joe for a long time. We've played out in the middle together. We know each other's game very well. But at the end of the day, it's upon the selectors to pick the right person to fit that um, position. And if they go the way of um, Will, which is you know obviously batting fantastic, he's been in and out of the test squad. Um, and obviously, 
he he removed himself in um you know some some sad times obviously with his with his mental stuff so you know for him he's in the right frame of mind at the moment it probably is you know an, an opportunity for him to come into the team but as as we know it's harder to get out of this team than to get in so um whoever they go with um you know I'll, I'll be well and truly um happy with um as long as that person who come in does their job and at the moment um I didn't think Joe did anything wrong last summer we put on some great partnerships average over 60 and and that's what you want from your your opening partnership so at the end of the day it's it's upon the selectors to, to pick their team and um you know I just I've got to be happy with that and and just embrace it so he's pretty diplomatic, wasn't he, Dave Warner? He was glowing in his praise of Joe Burns, but I think he gave himself a little bit of wiggle room when it came to Will Bukowski. So it'll just be fascinating to see now the decision that they make. I've always been a little bit in two minds about this one because one of the things I've loved about Australian cricket in its glory days and in its halcyon eras was the pick and stick that you, you stuck with the players that you thought were going to be the best over a long period of time and, and, and every so often they might go on a run of a couple of tests where they might not make runs, you might have a bad series, but it didn't mean that they were in jeopardy going into the next one um, because they looked at the makeup of the side overall. They, they knew that they had the mix and if you, as long as you were winning, which can often cover up many cracks, then they were confident with the people that they selected that they would come good. And so we had a real pick-and-stick mentality, and I love that. And so the, the mainstays of the Australian Test cricket side, we, we rode their careers through the good times and the bad, and that's why they were household names. You know, Mark Waugh only averaged around 43, and we all agree that he's one of the, the, the best that's ever done it. Made batting look easy and had lean series and had some, some slimmer um, crops, I suppose you'd say. But... Look at the career that he was able to have over, I think it was 156 tests. And that was because they stuck with him because they knew that his best was as good as anybody's. So I like the pick and stick mentality, but then it comes to a talent like Will Bukowski, who we know what he has experienced over the last few years as, as a young, as a young man trying to not only make his way as a cricketer, but as a human being through what he has battled, which is often a, a far bigger uh, journey to take. It's a, it's a far bigger hill to climb. And he's been able to do that. And he told Jerry Waitley that he is now ready. And there's been a couple of false starts where he's been in squads and then said, no, I need to step away. And I can't commend someone enough for having the courage to do that, especially when you know that it's walking away from a potential baggy green. But he knew then that it wasn't right, but he, know, but he believes now that it is. So if this is going to be the guy that carries Australian cricket for the next maybe couple of, well, at least the next decade and hopefully longer then is this the perfect time to introduce him? Absolutely cherry ripe, rock hard fit, ready to go. In horse racing terms, first up, he couldn't look, he couldn't be any better. Couldn't be any better primed to, to go than he is right now. And I know it'd make Joe Burns incredibly unlucky, but sometimes for every great story there is in sport and for every wonderful story about achievement and accomplishment, there is always and oftentimes a bad luck story and you don't want to see it happen to anyone, especially not a bloke who's as, uh, as good a fella as Joe Burns is. But maybe that's just what happens. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. 736 Please, can you keep us updated on the Kansas City Chiefs and the Las, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders game? Thank you very much. I think that's finished. I reckon it's finished. I'll get the score up for you in just a moment. But it has finished. Um, 
Asking Warner is a sign of the never-ending boys' club. Form is important when it ain't a Victorian. Shout-out to Hodge, Maxwell and Jones. And that often comes through for Victor- us Victorians, doesn't it, where we feel like if our best players aren't being picked that it is part of a greater conspiracy theory, such as the when you give a New South Wales player his blue cap, you give him the green one pretty much straight after it. Uh, and then this is coming through off the text, 0433981116. You don't play your best full forward in the reserves. That's a great point as well. Uh, but the big story of the day has to be uh, the coaching appointment of David Noble, who is one of the best people that I've had the pleasure of meeting in football and one of the best operators universally admired and respected around the competition. will do great things at the North Melbourne Football Club. Couldn't have imagined a better appointment than Dave Noble. Ben Buckley, the chairman, has raised eyebrows with a statement that he made today about what the expectations were or what the possible expectations were of Dave Noble um, going in to his tenure as North Melbourne coach. These things are always hard to put an exact time frame on, Kingy, but but there's no doubt that you know we are in a transition phase. Um, we've got a uh, you know we've changed the, the the age profile of the list dramatically in the last six months. Um, we've got a young group, an exciting group coming through, um, but a core group who should take us, you know, through the next five to ten years. Um, so I think that realistically, you know, David's got, you know, two to three years to really get us into a position where we're um, competing regularly in the top four and ultimately looking to win a premiership. That's our that's our ultimate goal. That's a fascinating statement that's been made. And I want to get your thoughts on it. Is that too much pressure? Is that too much expectation to put on a first-time coach after a three-win season with a huge player turnover that's about to take place after a COVID year and everything that's happened in that year in terms of the staff that they've had to say goodbye to, the very sad circumstances around Reece Shaw and, and how he had to depart, and we're wishing him all the best as well. Is that too much is that just too lofty a goal? Uh, Dave Noble was asked by Bomber Andy that today. We talked about that at the board. Like to be honest, they're, they're discussions that we've had, and you know we're a we're a team that's honest and open, and you know and, and genuine. So that's it's not something that we we hadn't talked about um, in the lead up to that. So so that's fine. It's the voice of Dave Noble, the new North Melbourne coach. David, what did you need to know from North Melbourne's perspective? What did you need to hear from them? I think direction, alignment, um, where they saw themselves as far as the footprint, Andy, um, I think um, I asked them what the expectation, what a success look like for the board, you know, and the club going forward, how we can work together to achieve that. So I guess they're the, they're the broader pieces that, you know, you're after um, to have an understanding. And look, it was it's very similar to what... Um, my thought process was in in regards to that. Um, you can bring some real live examples and some real time experience out of out of Brizzy, um, which definitely you know helps in an understanding. So yeah, that, they were the main things. So Dave Noble is as class act as you'll find in any walk of life. He handled that beautifully with an incredibly straight bat. But and I'm sure that that's all well and and, and accurate. But is that too much? Is that too lofty a goal? I mean, people laughed at Benny Gale when he said we want to win three premierships in the next 10 years, and that was mission accomplished this year. He was laughed at widely um, when he made that statement. But is that a fair 
goal? Is that a realistic goal? And is that the right amount of pressure that you want to put on uh, someone who's coming into your club under the circumstances that he is in the position that you are after the season that you've had? Is that just too, is that just a bridge too far, do you think? And should that be what they're doing at the moment? And I ask that question because I remember when Dave Noble and Chris Fagan got to Brisbane. It was asked, what does success look like? What's a win-loss success look like? And they refused to entertain, and Dave Noble himself refused to put win-loss KPIs on Chris Fagan, I think even up to now. I know that when I was there, and and I left at the end of 2018, and and I don't think there was any for 2019, and they made finals that year, and they've made finals again and won one this year, I still don't think, and I might be wrong, that there are any win-loss KPIs in regards to Chris Fagan. They just said we need to get our process right. We need to get our structures right. We need to get our culture right. This is all about learning, developing, improving and getting better each day, each week and each year. I wonder if that's the approach that Dave Noble, and I'm sure he will, it'll be the same approach that he brings in, but I'm wondering if that should just be enough at the moment. Should North Melbourne, and if you're a North Melbourne fan, I'd love you to answer this for me, one 736 736 after a three-win season with the player turnover that you're about to have, do you think it's a, an achievable goal to be top four in three to four years and contending for grand finals? Or do you just want to see improvement week in, week out, day in, day out, year in, year out, and let the process... And Chris Fagan's always said, I don't control results. I can... Uh, sorry... Alistair Clarkson's always said, I don't control results, I control attitude and preparation. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Isn't it? And I'd love to get your thoughts on it. one 736 736 It just struck me uh, as a little bit odd that that would be the KPI that they would put on this first-time coach after the year they've had and the situation that they're in. I was a bit shocked to hear that. And maybe I misheard it. How did you hear it? one 736 736 This is time on. Jack Everett. Sam Hargraves in the chair for Jack this evening. one 736 to call in and 0433981116 on the temper text. Uh, we're talking about North Melbourne and expectations and listening to Bob and Andy before, they spoke to Dave Noble and they played him the audio um, about Chairman Ben Buckley today and about what they wanted to achieve in the next four years. And Dave Noble said that was something that they discussed and it didn't seem to be an issue for him. And I've got a few texts saying play the grab in its entirety. Well, that is the grab that we've played in its entirety. So I'm curious from North Melbourne fans, do you think those are realistic expectations? Top four in three to four years and contending for grand finals. Uh, Three-win season this year. And incidentally and coincidentally, when Dave Noble and Chris Fagan got to Brisbane, they were coming off the back of a three-win season as well in 2016. And... Uh, they didn't do too much better in the next two years, and then it was a dramatic improvement uh, in 2019, which saw them make finals, finish second on the ladder. They finished second again this year, and they won a final, which was a big step forward for them. So it's not impossible. But I'm wondering, for North Melbourne fans, in your situation, do you feel like it's realistic? one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 is the number. Uh, Kane is calling in Craigie Byrne. Hello, Kane. How you going, mate? I'm really well. Um, look, I don't think it's it's unrealistic. I, I think it's, a, it's a, it can be a little bit of a long shot, but North have never been brave and bold. They've never mm. bottomed out. They've never had the best pick of talents. You know, everyone was on the back of North Melbourne because they delisted 11 players. 
St Kilda made finals and have delisted nine now. It's because of the COVID cuts. You had to do it, but North did it in one big lump. You know, other clubs will do the same and they have to because of the player cuts. We've still got Davies Uniac, Curtis Taylor, uh, Jai Simkin, um, you know, the likes of these kids coming through, Nick Larkey, Cam Zerha. We'll add pick two, add pick 11. Hopefully maybe it's a Luke McDonald type. Gives Nick Larkey support. It's, why can't it be done? You, you said Brisbane done it, yeah. 2017, they finished last and had the uh, number one pick in Cam Rayner. 2018, finished 12th. 2019, 2020, is second and second. All they've done is added, they added Charlie Cameron and, and Lockie Neal and the likes, but North have always got that room to go and, and, and chase that free agency. Yes, they cop a bit of heat for it because they haven't landed one yet, but if the club starts to go in the right direction mm. with the youth and the kids and a father figure like David Noble, then the sky's the limit. And, you know, I was excited when, when Reece Shaw come along, but I'm more excited with David Noble on board and the way he spoke and, and all the best to Reece Shaw. But I just think this is direction North need to go in with David Noble, John Blakey. Hopefully Paul Roos stays on board and mentors in the background. Things are looking up for North Melbourne and the facilities are, you know, unbelievable. So, again, to people saying we're going to Tasmania, we aren't going nowhere. I love it, Kane. I absolutely love it. And I echo your sentiments on Dave Noble. Um, without sounding name-dropping, um, I was lucky enough to be able to spend a little bit of time with him and, and have a couple of coffees with him. And the, you don't meet a more impressive person in football. You, you struggle to meet, um, with all due respect to everybody in our great game. But he is absolutely sensational in every aspect and, and couldn't have thought of a better person for North Melbourne to pick. And um, what they did when they got to Brisbane and the way they did it from top to bottom and the way they brought every single person at that club along for the journey, um, not just the players, but even the, the people in the merchandise store, uh, everybody was part of the direction that they took and, and, and the goals that they set and, and where they were going on their journey. And you've just seen now that that club's become a destination club. So it can absolutely happen for North Melbourne. I'm curious... For North Melbourne fans, though, do you feel those goals are, are realistic that Ben Buckley talked about today? And it sounds like you absolutely do, Kane. I love the enthusiasm. Thank you, mate. Cheers, mate. Uh, Damien's in Turak. Hello, Damien. Oh, hi. Look, um, I think it's a fantastic appointment, David Noble. Mm. You know, the, the 11 players that we delisted, if you forensically look at them like you do in all other clubs, you will find most of those guys hardly played a game this year. So they were not cornerstone players by any means. If you add into the fact that you've got a guy like Ben Cunnington, who hardly played a game this year, considered the best clearance player in the competition, you add Jaden Stevenson, we all know what a talent he is. We have five Rising Star nominees, so that underlines the talent that we've got, and Davies Uniac would have been an addition to that had he not had some injuries. We know how good a player that he will be. If you also add the fact that we've got two top 10 picks available to us, and don't be surprised if they become three top 10 picks by trading away pick two to get six and seven from Essendon, this can be turned around very quickly. The thing that they've done extremely well this time that I felt they failed with Reshore is they've got an experienced campaigner and they've got an experienced group around him. This guy knows success. And also North Melbourne as a club doesn't accept mediocrity. 
We've had success in the 70s and the 90s. And the challenge now is to do it again. And, you know, you've only got to look at how people laughed at Ben Gale when he said, we're going to win three flags. And everyone said, how are you going to win three flags? You must be aspirational and you must, you must take the view that we are in it to win it and we're in it to win it sooner than later. And I think he's the one who can, who can bring that for them. Damien, I love it. I think it's been a really tough year for North Melbourne fans. And Jack Heverin always says this, and I absolutely agree, that not, no one really knows their club like the fans know it themselves because this is a club that you read about every single day. You, you watch all their games. You, you read all the, the media around them. You learn all about the players. You know all about the coaches. You know all about that club because it's a club that you follow mostly. But, you know, people like me who, who commentate well, the, the game, thing, we watch all the yeah. games, all the clubs, so we don't get to spend as long on your club as you do. Yeah. So I love yeah. the positivity that you're bringing here, Damien. If I can just add one thing sure. too, the media, the media is great at wanting to always kick North Melbourne and say their list is no good. They haven't got any A graders. They haven't got this. They haven't got that. Don't forget also, Zebul hardly played a game this year. We've, you know, out of those five Rising Star nominations, there is every chance two or even three of those guys can become A grade players. Now, it only takes that for you to all of a sudden go from a three-win team to a 10- and 12-team win. Because, you know, as much as Richmond's a great team, they're only a Dustin Martin hamstring away from being a reasonable team as opposed to a three-time premiership winning team. And that should never be forgotten when, when, when teams are being bagged out for having poor lists. Our list is, is nowhere near as bad as what a lot of the media have portrayed it as being. Damien, I, I thank you so much for your call. I, I apologise for jumping in there. We just do have to get to a break because we've got a guest coming up. But, mate, thank you so much. I love the passion. I don't necessarily agree with you that Richmond wouldn't be uh, still a very, very good list. I don't reckon they'd go to average. I think they'd still be very good. At the moment, they're excellent. I think they'd go to very good uh, even without the great uh, Dustin Martin. But I love everything else you had to say about North, and I love the positivity. And and as I say, this isn't me having a crack at Ben Buckley. I'm just wondering if I heard it the way that you're hearing it. Because the way I heard it was that that's what they want to be achieving in the next three to four years. Uh, but a couple of people are texting through here saying, no, they just want a base and you've misheard it. And what they want to do is have a base for, uh, in that time. That then they can challenge uh, off the back of that three to four year period. Uh, we've got a text from Brett here saying he's allowed to have expectations. Who cares what we think? Honestly, uh, Brett, well, that's what a talkback station is all about. We uh, talk about things that are happening in sport and then we ask you to give us your view on it. That's essentially how the talkback station dynamic does work, but I thank you for your text, 0433 Just quickly before we get to a break, and after that, one of the uh, best midfield prospects in the draft, Tanner Bruin, uh, joins us. He might end up at North Melbourne with that pick 11. Who knows? I think he'll go before that. Uh, but Mark's in Jan Juck, who wants to talk North Melbourne. Hello, Mark. Hello there. Um, I thought the most important thing that came out of it was what Noble himself said, which was um, he's not going to get too caught up in this. He's just going to focus on the process and everyone else can worry about the outcome. Yeah. He's not afraid of the, the outcome that's been set for him, but there's not much point in him stressing over that. He's got a massive job to do over the next two or three years and the outcome will be what it will be. He can 
get a bit a bit hysterical about Ben Buckley saying this is what they want mm. to achieve. He, ben Buckley happy with it, but he said quite rightly, there's not focusing on that because then he'll mess up the process and they'll never get there. So, or I or any of the other listeners or uh, Cane Corns or anyone else thinks it's too ambitious, it, it, all that matters is that no comfortable with it and that he's not going to worry about that too much. He's going to focus on doing what he can do. Uh, it's absolutely spot on, Mark, and uh, I, I thank you for, for joining the chat. Uh, as I said, it surprised me when I heard it, and I've heard it a few times now, and I've heard it in its entirety, and I thought, gee, that's that's uh, some lofty goals to be setting from the base that you're coming off. But as I said to you, as I thought deeper about it, and when you look at the man they've got who has just achieved that exact thing that Ben Buckley was saying in getting into a situation in three to four years where they're a top-four side and contending for premierships, well, Brisbane have done exactly that in that time frame. Since Dave Noble and Chris Fagan came at the end of 2016, that's exactly what they have done. So as I say, when I first heard it, I thought, oh, gee, that's that's big. That's a big goal to be setting. And is it too high an expectation to put on Dave Noble? Well, he answered that perfectly, and we played that audio a little earlier. And as he said, it's all about the process and the improvement and the journey. And, and he is going to do wonders for the North Melbourne Footy Club. I'll work through all your texts too as they come through zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. But Tanner Bruin to join us next on Time On. Oh, it's a very exciting time of the year. It must be said uh, for a lot of young men who, in a couple of weeks' time on December 9th, will learn their fate in terms of their AFL future. Uh, it's been an incredibly tough year um, from a development point of view from the under-18s competition, which uh, wasn't able to run in totality. So a lot is riding on what you've done in previous years and what you're able to do at the Combine. Uh, but one man's name uh, who keeps coming up time and time again when we speak about some of the most exciting midfield prospects in the competition uh, that w- might be getting their chance in the draft uh, in a couple of weeks' time is Geelong Falcons inside mid, Tanner Bruin, uh, who's been good enough to jump on the line with me. Tanner, hello to you, mate. Hello, Sam. Thanks for having me. Uh, that's my pleasure. Uh, how hey, how are you going, nerves-wise? Uh, are you finding it just a little harder to sleep each night? Do you lie awake thinking where and who and what and all of those different machinations that might play out? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's um, it's obviously pretty pretty stressful times at the moment. Um, I suppose when while trade period was happening, I was um, I was a bit nervous then, and um, obviously you know, you're heavily watching the trade and the AFL website and stuff and just trying to keep up to date with it all but um yeah each day it's getting closer and closer so i think about two and a half weeks or uh i think we're away now so um yeah it's getting closer but yeah it plays on my mind quite a bit and um yeah i'm trying not to lose too much sleep over i'm just pretty excited and what about the media attention mate have you been doing a few interviews here and there yeah i've had a few interviews um yeah that's all starting to ramp up a bit now i think and um i suppose you know up until the night i think um, the media will, will be sort of front and centre again. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 um, I've had a, a quite a bit to do with it lately. 
Well, you'll, you'll find out, mate, that as it gets closer to the event, the names that you'll be speaking to get bigger and bigger. So you've got to deal with the likes of me right now. But as it gets a bit closer <laughs> to the day, it'll be the Waitleys and uh, and, and the, yeah. the Lions and the Watsons and the, the Mars and the yeah. Murphys and all the big names that you, you won't have to yeah, deal with me uh, maybe ever again. Um, no, <laughs> <mate. of course. laughs> so how do you enjoy all that? Is, do you, are, you, are you just enjoying the ride? Are you the kind of guy that can just um, enjoy the moment or do you certainly sort of get a little bit anxious and, and yeah. get a little bit nervous? Um, no, I suppose I reckon you're right in saying that. Um, I think I just try and take it as it comes and um, it's pretty exciting times at the moment. So I'm just trying to enjoy it. Um, yeah, just present myself as best as I can and um, yeah like I said I'm really enjoying it I'll just take it as it comes So mate you're an inside mid uh, Geelong Falcons tell us about the year how how difficult it's been not really to be able to get out there and, and do what you do and, and show yeah. yourself in the best possible light and that's playing footy uh, for some guys combines are all well and good but you're a footballer and you want to show yourself playing your best footy. Last year, you missed, you know, Vic Country because of a knee. You were all Australian in your under-16 years. So your last couple of years have been a little bit tough and a bit disjointed. How did you find this yeah. year in particular? Oh, definitely, yeah. I suppose this year was um, was challenging in itself, not being able to get out there and play a bit of footy, um, you know, due to the COVID stuff. But um, for me personally, it was I found it pretty hard. Um, obviously, having missed a fair proportion of last year as well, um, with my injury, so um, yeah, I was I was really looking forward to hopefully a healthy healthy season this year, and um, you know where I could you know put my name forward and um, yeah put my best foot forward. But um, yeah, it's definitely been challenging for me. I found um, you know I just wanted to get back out there and play and um, try and you know, give my best and um, you know get my name back out there. But um, yeah, I, I found things to to keep me busy and keep my mind off it and stay occupied. So. Um, I suppose everyone's been in the same boat, so that's what sort of got me through. So tell me uh, about the combine. How did you find that this year? And I'm not so interested in, in I suppose, the testing that you all do, but tell me yeah. about some of the interviews that you have to do because you speak to every club. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Well, this year, funny enough, the combine was um, not sort of what, what, you, what you think it um, it is or for me, I wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, we... The country boys travelled up to, up to Bendigo, um, yeah, and we um, I was sort of caught by surprise a little bit. Um, I didn't really think that, also with the restrictions and stuff, I knew there'd be limited people. But you know, out of the country stuff, no recruiters were there at all. We we're just at a little track in Bendigo, and we <laughs> it took about an hour or so. We we did our testing and then just got straight out of there. So. Um, yeah, it was definitely not what I thought it would be. Do you know where you were, mate? Because that's my hometown, Bendigo. I might be able to enlighten you. Is it? Yep. Um, oh, it was just at the Bendigo Athletics track, I'm pretty sure. I can't know where you are there. Uh, the one at the uni yeah. or the one in town? Uh, in town, I'm pretty sure. No, fair enough. Uh, I hope you were yeah. well looked after and the town just embraced you. Um, tell me no, about the was, interviews. Tell me about the interviews, though. Did you? What was the strangest question that you got asked in all the interviews with all the clubs? Yeah. Um, no, the interviews are good. I really enjoyed them, actually. Um, I've been asked this question before. Yeah, I never, uh, I've never no. been one to be original, Tanner, but uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> humour me anyway, mate. No, exactly. No, Cal Terry uh, asked me not long ago, so I gave him a bit of, uh, a bit of detail about it. But um, Adelaide asked me, um, how would I get Jai called right out in cricket? Um, which just, you know, come out of nowhere. So <laughs> um, I wasn't, yeah, I was gobsmacked. But, um, Have you played yeah, Jai Caldwell in cricket? Yeah, I used to play with him. Um, 
obviously he went to Geelong Grammar and I'm, you know, studying there now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just out of the blue, just uh, one of those bizarre ones. Well, he's uh, a Bendigo boy really, as well now that we're on that theme. He's a Bendigo boy. Yeah, how did you answer that? Yeah. Oh, I just... Something, oh, it just comes to my mind straight away. I just thought, oh, this is bloody bizarre. But um, <laughs> I just said, oh, LBW, I think. I think he's been out a few times at LBW. So I'll just sort of just throw that one in there. And when you yeah. watch their response, were their notepads being ticked, crossed, feverishly um, notes being scribbled down? What was the response you got? I think they're just, yeah, they, they, they sort of watch you closely just to see, you know, yeah, yeah, how you respond, and um, you know, I think if you crumble under the pressure, or just if you look sort of like curious, or just little things like that, they just your body language as well. Um, but yeah, they they started talking about cricket as well. Um, you know, like what's your highest score, and um, and they really got into it. They're like, uh, of how many balls? Um, and I I faced quite a few balls. I think I faced almost two hundred. What night they were like, yeah, nice, nice. that's good, that's good. Shows your patience. <laughs> Did you have to spot. check whether you're in the right spot? Do you think you're in an Adelaide yeah, Strikers recruitment meeting? Yeah, that's exactly right, Dan. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> hey, tell us about who you are as a footballer. Tell us uh, who you model yourself on, if you do indeed, or just yeah. tell us the type of player that you are. Yeah. Um, no, I think I'm a pretty yeah competitive player. Um, yeah. And, um, I try and yeah, throw myself off my leadership as well, and um, hopefully, I think I make good decisions um, by handing foot with the ball, and um, can try and go forward and impact the scoreboard as well. But yeah, just a real competitor um, on and off the field, and um, I think I've been watching Luke Shuey, um a lot the last you know five or so years. I'm a West Coast supporter, so um, I've been yeah keeping a close eye on him, and he's probably someone I model my game off. Uh, well, uh, given that the man's a Norm Smith medalist, I think you're doing very nicely there. But from what I yeah. know about you, I think you might be better on your opposite than Luke Shuey, uh, from what yeah. I'm reading about you. <laughs> no, I tend, tend to go on my left uh, quite a bit. Dad, Dad reckons a bit too much. He reckons I can run back in on my right and um, run a bit more. But, yeah, I'm, I'm known for going on my left. It's probably a bit too much. Uh, tell us about what you what when you're not playing football. Who are you off the field? What are you into? What do you like doing? You're a Geelong yep. boy, so you're a surfer. Uh, what what yep. are you What are you into? Yeah, no, I'm just a pretty relaxed and easygoing kind of guy. I just like to hang with my mates and family. And um, yeah, obviously during the COVID period, I've been down surfing quite a bit down at the local beaches, and um, also having a hit of golf as well. So um, yeah. I've been finding some good outlets and they've been keeping me busy. Right, so let's have a look here who's got the, the picks uh, because if you're a surfer, Adelaide, uh, there's beaches in Adelaide, so uh, they've got the number yeah. one pick. North, uh, nowhere near a beach, uh, so you'll have to head home for that. Sydney, oh, no. good beaches in Sydney at three and Hawthorne, not yeah. so much luck. Then the Gold Coast no. and then Essendon have got the next three picks and I'm, I'm thinking you might go in the top ten, mate. So um, if you had yeah, your, if you had your preference, where would you be heading? Um, oh, surfing-wise, um, <laughs> I'm not too sure. Maybe to Sydney, I suppose. There we go. So let's just reiterate um, that yeah. was surfing-wise. So before anyone starts writing a headline saying Tanner Brun uh, wants to go to Sydney, he was just speaking in yeah. terms of surfing. Yeah. We'll speak in terms of surfing to start off. But, yeah, <laughs> Sydney would be a great place, I reckon, for footy as well. I reckon I'd love to go to the Swans. Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. I just, you know, I'm hopeful I can get the opportunity on the night and, Wherever that may be, I'll yeah, I'll just I'll be wrapped, I suppose. Yeah. 
Do you reckon you know where you're going? Have you got an inkling from the chats you've had? Um, to be honest, I wish I could give you more information, Sam, but I'm sort of, um, you know, stuck in the middle as well. It's, it's you know, two, eight, two and a half weeks out from the draft and, you know, I'm still you know, not 100% sure where, where, I might, where I may be. But um, I think, yeah, there's a few clubs in mind, but you know, anything can happen with the live trading of picks and stuff. So, um, yeah, just got just to gotta stay calm and we'll see what happens, I suppose. Well, Tanner, enjoy the process. Um, enjoy the next couple of weeks, and hopefully, it's a, a a really, really special night for you on December nine, mate. Um, I've been looking at your highlights and, and reading all about you in preparation for the chat today, and um, I think what when we have a chat to someone, and when the, the people that listen to this station, one of the first things that they always want to know is uh, what kind of person is it. And I think you've shown us all that you're you're a bloody good one. So, mate, uh, we wish you all the best. We'll be watching with great interest, and we hope that it's a great night for you on draft night. Thanks so much, Sam. Yeah, really appreciate the chat. Cheers. Anytime. Good luck. Thank you. What a ripping young bloke. That's coming through loud and clear. Time on with Jack Heverin. Caught me by surprise a little bit. Um, it, it obviously hit me a little, a little bit harder than I thought when I heard the news. Um, you know, talks were pretty positive throughout the year, and um, you know there are there were a lot of talks about retaining me over the last sort of seven weeks. So, um, you know, to hear the the news um, a couple of days ago was a it was a hard pill to swallow. But you know, I, I understand that the club have to make tough decisions, and unfortunately, um, it was me. Now former Saint, former Hawk, Shane Savage, after he became the ninth Saint delisted or not offered a new contract after season 2020. After 8 o'clock, after the first serve at 7, we will do a rescue dog segment. Who would you want to pick up from the pound of those who have maybe been left without a home? We'll do that after 8 o'clock on the Sporting Capital. A couple of texts to finish up on. It's complete nonsense. North are dreaming if they think they're contending in a few years. You don't really contend until you get a good core of blokes 26-30. It could be eight years away and people need to accept that. And on the other side of that coin, um, to me it sounds like uh, North... Uh, sorry, uh, it's sensational appointment is Dave Noble and that has come through time and time again. Stoked at Noble's being appointed. We'd love to see Reese back in some capacity in the future. Our age profile is awesome. With new draft picks, we can grow together. Curtis Taylor will explode next year. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. First serve up next.